0: Oh, bless the Lord, on oh my soul. And all that is with it, may bless your holy name, Father. Another beautiful morning out there. Welcome to the Potters Gate online broadcast. As you know, my name is Isaiah Phillips, I came to Allah. I want to bless the Father for his love, his goodness, his kindness once again that he has bestowed upon my life. And upon the sons of men, upon the church, upon the body of Christ. Wherever you are this morning, is a delight to welcome you once again to another time where we will look into the mind of the Father and try to journey in accordance to the ancient path that He has laid down for us. There is a path the Father has laid down for us through yes, the life of his son, through the auspice of Christ, through the manifestation. the holy spirit that represents what the spirit of god what the father is doing in this time around across the globe i would like us to continue as we you know continue to find the mind of the lord in 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 the scripture particularly from the book of acts we are uncovering god's divine purpose and plan for his church for his ecclesia which we all belong to, and this morning, once again, I would like us to continue to look at this uh, ministry of revelation and unveiling of truth, because I believe that everything that we need to uh, discover and and walk in, in this season and time, is directly connected to the things the Spirit of God has, you know, written down in the Word. And of course, that is being revealed to us. There's no way we can please God until we know His will and we are able to surrender to that uh, divine blueprints of His will revealed to us. So wherever you are this morning, I want to welcome you once again. This is another wonderful session. Yesterday, we had a beautiful time just looking into... uh, uh, The scriptures and allowing the Lord Himself, Amen, to reveal to uh, you know interpret the scriptures to us. The Book of Acts uh, has been um, you know a beautiful uh, scripture that is giving us uh, or that is giving us direction and and greater insight into how to live life and how to function within the uh, the bigger body of Christ and of course within our own individual callings. That's something that I have seen and we need to continue to highlight as the Lord begins to use the lives of these men and women. I mean thank God for the, the scripture. Thank God the fact that the, the, the word was penned down that okay we are not doing this by some these are inspired words. These are inspired truth. This truth has been laid in um, mark for us, amen, to know, to walk in, and of course to, you know, to see in, in manifestation the very life of God because the word contains, amen, the life of God. The, the, the intentions of God and the desires of God are pinned down right? as we get to know, amen, those things and align ourselves, amen, to practicing them, to doing them. We see the result, Amen. That is required of us, and this is the beauty that, Amen. I, I I find and I believe that anyone that is seeking the appearance of Christ in this end of days will 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 fine tune their heart, Amen, to want to live in that realm of obedience—obedience obedience to His mind, obedience to the written word, obedience to the things Christ is revealing, Amen. In in. In His Word, Amen. We we are in the day of on on you know unsealing truth. The Spirit of God is breaking the seal, and heaven is allowing us to share in this glorious. Uh, 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 reality of truth that is being manifest to, you know, to the body of Christ. We are uncovering, we are returning back, amen, to the path that the Lord has ordained for us. Whatever path God, amen, has called you to function, to walk in, I believe that as we, amen, discover and uncover, amen, God's God's heart, God's mind from His Word, amen, I believe that we all, once again, will have the desire, amen, to live our life and and move in the direction of the leading of the Spirit. So let us pray this morning as we once again go into God's Word. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name for your words are eternally settled. Yes, not just in heaven, but on earth. This morning, we yield ourselves to you. We surrender our faculty, our minds, our thoughts, every aspect of our life. We yield them to you. And we ask this morning, guide us, lead us once again to uncover, to realize the things, yes, that you have uh, made available for us. Treasures that you have made available for us. Lord, this morning, I pray that we will not deviate. We will not, oh God, be sidetracked. Yes, we live in the days of great distraction. But we ask this morning that you would lead us further. You will grant us, oh God, divine focus, divine, yes, capacity to maintain, yes, Father, our walk on that straight and narrow path. This morning, we pray in the name of Jesus, continue to strengthen every area of our life, oh God, where, oh God, we have derailed. Help us, Father, as we continue to turn our heart to you, Lord. Help us to, Father, relocate that Oh God, where we have misjudged you and misrepresent you, Father, we, we turn to you in repentance and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us. We know, yes, you want to do great things in our day and we are all excited about the things that you want to do. Yes, thank you, Father, that your word will not fail, but we pray in Jesus' name. Now Lord, uh, uh, that you will help us, Father, to turn to you, to completely yield to you, not to leave any stone unturned, not to assume anything, oh God, yes, you're looking for a heart that is contrite, a heart that is pure, a heart that are holy, a holy heart, oh God, that are y- y- yielding to your voice, that are willing, yes, to go, to go. So this morning, Father, every form of idea, ambition, desire that we have that is contrary to your expectation for our life, we, we, we yield them to you. We lay them down this morning. We, we present them, oh God, yes, as bond offering in the name of Jesus. We ask you this morning, Father, to come in your spirit, minister to our hearts, minister to our minds, oh God. Every part of our life, faculty, mind, soul, body, I yield to you. I surrender to you. I proclaim this morning, Christ, you alone reign in our life. It's you that we have come to see. We pray this morning, corporately as the body of Christ, that your kingdom come, that your will be done. Yes, on earth, in our lives, in our homes, in our family. Yes, Lord, in our community, as it is already established in heaven. I desire this morning, Lord is to align with what heaven has already designed, is to align with what heaven has already, yes, prepared, is to become what, yes, you have seen in your heart. Thank you, Lord, that you're having a church a people without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. I honor you this morning once again that we will not allow, yes, ungodliness, perversion, guilt, pride, iniquity, whatever it is the enemy uses, oh God to stop us, discouragement, to hinder us. Lord, I pray this morning that our lives, oh God, are laid on the altar. I declare this morning that your will be done. Thank you once again, Lord, that you will perform a miracle, Lord, in my life as you perform a miracle in the life of your people. Once again, I thank you for the things that you're doing in my own life as I become the vessel, oh God, to bring forth your word. I thank you, Lord, that this vessel is holy, is pure that this vessel, Lord, will not be contaminated, that my mind, imagination this day are aligned to your truth, that the things that I say are the things that you desire your people to hear. The words that I use, how I use them, Lord, I pray this morning that they are subject to your inspiration, your desire, your counsel. Thank you that you have your way. You'll be glorified that as this word is being transmitted, lives will be translated to the place, yes, of of newness, to the place of healing, deliverance, oh God, that your church will be awakened, oh God, yes, to forge ahead in bringing forth Your ordained desire. Thank you, Lord, for the man-child church being awakened in this this season. A a mature church. A church without, yes, any gainsay. A church that will not be bound, yes. That will not suck into the lies of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, that you're building yourself, yes. A company of people in the earth. The ecclesia whose hearts are open, yes. Who are humble enough to relate and to connect to each other. Thank you, Lord, that we are going beyond just giftings. We are coming to the place of divine communion and, and oneness, oh God. Yes, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, once again, friends, I want to welcome you this morning. To this uh, uh, session, we are journeying further. We are looking further into the heart of God, into God's mind, and we believe in God to continue to unveil a mysteries to us in His Word. We have been looking into the Book of Acts today. Of course, we are in chapter chapter eight, uh, chapter thirteen. Chapter thirteen is a new, if you will, in a new, a new model, amen, of what the church. Ought to be in terms of advancing the purposes of God, right? When 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 Jesus spoke that He will build His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. That church that is building, Amen. Uh, uh, as a design has amen a desire has an objective amen that church was sanded with amen, a clear blueprint objective and it is important that we reclaim that we regain what that objective is yes because so many things have happened within within our lives within the corporate body amen that have misled that has misdirected amen uh what the what the church is what the thrust of the church is And whatever we do, amen, as believers is done within the context, amen, Of how we view church, of how we view, amen, the things of God, amen, the various ideas and and beliefs and traditions that have mushroomed out of, amen, the church are part of the, you know, the the, the problem that we need to face, we need to acknowledge, and we need to correct, All right. The the, the, the more we live our life within a certain framework, amen, that is not reflective of heaven divine blueprint, the more we will continue to miss the mark and the more will continue to misrepresent God. So I believe that Amen. if there's anything that we need to do right now, if there's anything that is that ought to be first, that ought to be primate in our heart, amen, is the returning, amen, to the divine order, to the divine blueprint, to the divine pattern. And this pattern I capture, amen, in the grace and giftings that God, amen, has given to us and how these giftings are designed to interact, to to Integrate, Amen, and function, yes, together, and we begin to see, Amen, this church in 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 Act 18, you know, uh, uh, reveal a different model or a better model, if you will, a more superior or advanced model, a more mature concept of what, Amen, the church was designed, Amen, to carry out. It's not like the the the, the church in Jerusalem was. Uh, uh, obsolete or had no uh, relevance again. No. It's just that there has to be a moving on, a moving further. Amen. Because uh, what God is doing is from glory to glory. Right? The, The plans of God, the counsel of God. Amen is for the nations to be redeemed. And the way he, he, he had highlights that uh, concept or objective of redemption, amen, is through the church. Whatever God, amen, uh, is doing in the earth or desire to do in the earth, amen, is doing them through a church, okay? Even if God is going to use an unbeliever, amen, to do certain things, you will notice that that is done within the context. But in the major reality of Kingdom advance, kingdom movement, amen. God is using a people that have been called out, and that is the primary definition of the church. A people called out, but are not just called out, but called out, amen, to be sent back into the world. And I think that is something that we have to, yes, I know many of us have that understanding, but maybe we don't understand how that function in real time, in real life, amen, and in in conjunction with other grace and giftings. Our problem today in the church has been, amen, the place of uh, uh, interacting and in, in, in that point of joining, you know, like the body, all right? Uh, every part in the body, amen, has this function, but there is a place, there is a point where there is a joining together, that bridge, that connecting point, how we connect. Amen. I, I think is something that we we need to really look to us and we need to really pay more attention to because that has been a major problem, amen, even in the development of the church. Until today, it's still a problem, all right? And so we want to understand some basic, amen, uh, structural uh, uh, concept, amen, of of the church formation and the church development, all right? We want to understand that. And this can only be done when we capture what is called kingdom education. Remember that the church lives within the structure of the kingdom, alright? The church is not bigger than the kingdom, amen? The church function within the bigger picture, within the bigger reality of what is defined as the kingdom of God, amen? The church, yes, is, is a thrust, is the arrowhead of the advancement of God's purpose. The purposes of God are captured within, amen, is kingdom uh, order is kingdom value is kingdom you know uh, agenda amen the kingdom of god defines what the church ought to be how the church amen, ought to function as the church is a called out one, yet the church has, amen, various assignments, various mandates, you know, unique grace and giftings. Yesterday we talked a bit about that, all right, about the giftings that, uh, that was found in the church and now that gifting, amen, ought to function. I said yes, everyone born into the church has has a calling, has a grace, has you know some giftings, but that gifting itself must function within an environment, must develop within an environment. And I think that is something that we have seen, all right, in in chapter in in verse verse 1 verse 2. Around right, the Bible says in the church At Antioch, there were what? There were prophets and teachers, and we highlight what that meant, alright? That the church itself at this point had become apostolic in their thrust. So there's no need, alright, to 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 force the the you know the title of apostles, alright? People have grown. The disciples have, have matured. This is a mature church, alright. Uh, at this time, if you if you go back to Act chapter twelve, you will notice the Bible. Towards the end of Act chapter twelve, the Bible says, you know, uh, uh, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, alright. When Paul and Barnabas, I'm reading twenty five. Act 12, twelve twenty-five. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, John also known as Mark, John Mark. All right. So uh, uh, you you see the 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 relationship that has been formed within these two brothers. All right. These two brothers who are also a reflection of two gifts. All right. Uh, Barnabas Barnabas is a more mature uh, uh, uh you know brother He's been in the lord before Paul of course Barnabas is a, is a is an elder state man if you will Barnabas is an elder statement this 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 man a man is is mature is in the body of Christ all right is is he is is seated at the gate is an elder is he's, he's, he's been an apostle all right But this man, amen, uh, uh, in in the calling and in the kind of grace that God has given to him, he has the he has the desire to reach out. He has the desire to not just the desire. He's got the grace and the gifting to integrate people, amen, into the body. And we saw how he did that even with, the, uh, uh, with, 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 with Brother Saul, Brother Paul. Right? Yes, after the conversion of Paul, you know, he was still you know, uh, not accepted. The church was still skeptical about you know, his conversion. It was Barnabas. I mean, that takes a grace. It was Barnabas who says, no, I know this man. I understand Amen. where he's coming from, but he's got a different testimony now he was the one that brought in barnabas amen and began to uh, integrate ba- uh, excuse me paul he began to integrate you know paul into the body of christ and uh, and of course he walked with with him for a while remember he's more mature he's is 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 graced amen than than paul has been in the in the in the body of christ but paul amen has an assignment remember that god has assigned paul amen to to carry out a function. All of the things that I'm saying are not just, you know, historic thing. We shouldn't see them as historic. Let's look at them as principle amen that, that we need to operate in that we need to return back to that we need to bring back to the body of Christ such that amen we, we, we can we all can function effectively within amen the sphere of our calling and assignment there are people out there languishing in God knows where or right, because uh, we cannot see them for who they are we we, we don't understand what these gifts amen mean and represent there are certain gifts All right, that God has added. We're praying, God, we need this, we need that, we need. But then God brings grace and giftings to us. But yet we are skeptical about those gifts. We are suspicious about those gifts. We don't know how to handle the gift because gifts, amen, are hidden in human vessels. Gifts are hidden in human vessels. And if we don't understand, amen, people. I always say this, I'll say it again. There are two things I, 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 I sought to know, I desire to know in life. Of course, number one is the revelation of Christ. The second, amen, is the revelation of people. People are very complex. People are very unique. Even the people that we call our own family we still don't fully know them. We can only know people when we allow the Lord to introduce them to us. The most closest person to you, your spouse, Amen. you think, oh, I know this person. You'll be surprised that there are things that you don't know about the person. Not because that person is... Is hiding, you know, whatever something from you, or the person doesn't want you to know certain aspects about him, him or herself. No, it's because even that person, amen, himself may not even understand or realize, you know, these things about about himself until the Lord opened your eyes to see things and see people for who they are. You don't know how to relate with them, and this even applies to even those of us that are converted that are. At a born again, you have to, to certain level, amen, uh, uh, journey with God begin before you begin to know who you are. Because it, it, to understand the grace of God and the gift of God, amen, in your life, and to be able to function within that scope of grace and gift, you have to allow God to introduce you to you. Thank you so much, Sister Priscilla, this morning. Thank you for join- for joining. Appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. (laughs) It's fine. You see, uh, you have to allow God, amen, to reveal you to you. I mean, it took me years to begin to understand who I am. Why certain things, amen, are, 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 are unique to me? Why certain things are designed the way they are? You, you see, we, we, we go through life and we struggle unnecessarily because we are trying to find ourselves in other people. We're trying to find ourselves, amen, we're trying to define ourselves through the circumstance of our life, through the challenges of our life, through the pain of our life, through our family background, all right, through, you know, our environment, through our nationality, through our, you know, uh, you know, we, 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 we are focusing on the wrong thing or the wrong place or the wrong people to find ourselves because that's the primary challenge of man, and that's why all kinds of things, amen, are trying to define us. Fashion tries to define you know define us. Education tries to define us. People try to define us. Thank you so much, my dear sister Tina, for joining this morning. All right, all kinds of things and people out there are trying to define us. And if we are not if we are not established, amen, in 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 what we are discovered of ourselves by the revelation of Christ guess what we will we will buy what society say what education says you know what you know environment says even what our parents says you know i give you this 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 word <laughs> uh, this is not something I, I i i i will want to share you know on on a well, let me let me share it. I've been battling with my 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 eye problem, you know, for for a while now, because I'm talking about people defining you, even family defining you, and uh, of course, I've been procrastinating going to the doctor, you know, to 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 you know to to check my eye. Of course, I've been using eyeglasses since I was a teenager, you know. So finally, so finally, uh, um. <laughs> A few days ago, my wife said no. Last week, in fact, my wife said no. You need to go to the doctor because every time I complain about my eye and all of that, and these days is like I I can hardly see things clearly. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, that the prophet that cannot see clearly. Of course, I can still see by the spirit, which I, I mean I, I I mean I'm grateful to God for. And so we finally decided. Okay, uh, we're gonna go. You know to the. Uh, to the optometrist so the the doc the the lady looked at my eye you know because i thought okay i just needed another glass this glass is weak and all of that so you know sometimes you get this reading glass there and there and they don't work so i throw them away but this one all right is recommended so we 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 went to the to the lady and uh, you know she was doing all the tests and she screamed she said what in the world no 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 no. She tested it again. She said, "Mr, what what why did you keep your eyes like this for too long?" I said, "What's going on?" He said to me, "If you if you leave your eyes like this in the next 2 years, you will go you 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 go blind." At least the, the left eye. And I know that I've been feeling so much pressure. Said, so "You will go blind." I said, "What do you mean?" Of course she explained. Then uh, then she called, you know, A specialist then she called a specialist and the specialist said okay look uh, in fact she wanted me to go immediately but the specialist said well if if I walk into that office and I'm not screaming and crying and all of that that I'm sure I can still wait another few days so we had an appointment for yesterday so I went yesterday with my wife and uh, this specialist looked into my eyes and the man repeated the say say unfortunately the condition of your eye right now, we can't we can salvage the left one. He said the right one we can we can still salvage. He said, but this left one is gone. Is is damaged? Damage. If if we don't begin to do certain things now, between now and two years time at most five years, you may lose your sight. <laughs> And you know, when you hear that from a specialist, I mean, you have heard it before, of course, from, you know, an eye doctor. Now I'm hearing it from a specialist. This man, he he does his job. So when he said this, uh, of course, I I was immediately overwhelmed by an emotion. And I said to myself, I've got to keep calm. I've got to keep calm. I've got. And immediately, all of that was, of course, the man told me reasons why, you know, I've got this problem. And of course it's chronic, you know, glaucoma, chronic glaucoma, not just, you know, the chronic one. So he said to me, well, it has to do with your genetics, it has to do with your age, it has to do with, you know, your nationality, you know, and all of that, and all of that. And he began to explain to me. And of course, I remember that, you know, before my father died, you know, I think about a year or two before he died, he lost his sight. So... All of that came back to me and said, Oh, is this is is this something I inherited from my father now? Am I gonna and immediately I was thinking about that? It's like the Holy Spirit said to me, So now you want to bring in your biological family into this now. Where where is your faith and your belief in me? Where is your trust in me? And immediately I began to reorder myself. I said, Well these people are doing their job and it's their job to tell me the way things are that's their job that's their calling that's why they are experts they, they are they are you know they are prof- professionals in this thing all right so they they've given me the right thing they've told me the right thing nice for me to take that and take it back to the one who created me who has given me life all right who has kept me through the corona Alright, you see people left, right, and centre dying around you. You see all kinds of things, and God has kept you. You say, "Well, the God who did that is able to do this." So this is my this is my case in a nutshell. I'm just telling you where I am between yesterday. You know, you 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 can hear sudden news in one day that can change your entire life. Even though I knew that my eye, man, is is you know, going blind. You know, I think two, three, four years ago, the Lord told me don't drive again. I didn't even know why the Lord told me don't drive. But everything now begins to make sense to me. You know, it just begins to make sense to me. But you see, God is already ahead. So sometimes what we hear, all right, may impact us, but we need to quickly adjust ourselves. Now, I'm bringing all of this. Please, the context is, all right, don't allow men, society, even family, amen, to define you. Because like I was saying, all right, we're looking at Acts chapter 13, that grace and gift are carried by ordinary people. Remember, Bible says the treasure are found where? In earthen vessels. Yes, so that the glory may be of God and not of man, so that you don't have anything, amen, to boast of. Rather, if you're going to boast, your boast should be in the Lord, you think this will, you know, this kind of news will maybe make me feel bad. Of course, I felt a bit bad, you know, you feel, you know, God, one battle to another. But then it's an opportunity once again for my faith, amen, yes, to triumph, for my faith to triumph. And this is, amen, what we are looking at because. All of the people that we are reading about, amen. If you if you look at the things God has been saying from from chapter one of, of, of Acts, all right, until chapter 13 that we are right now, I always tell you, listen to this, I'm gonna say it again. All of the things that God did are done via humans. There is no place where you know angel did the work solely. No. <laughs> Even when Angel came to rescue you know, uh, uh, Peter from the prison, amen, there were still things that Peter did. You understand the point that I'm making? Angels are always sent to assist humans. The work of ministry, Amen, are solely for humans. These humans sometimes they are imperfect, but the Lord knows how to perfect them. <laughs> The Lord knows how to perfect them. You know, yesterday the devil was telling me, You see, all those books you're writing, all those material you're writing, we we'll see how you're gonna do it. I said, devil, you lie. In fact, now, amen. I'm I'm gonna press in more to complete what the Lord has committed. Because if the Lord has commissioned me to do things, I have to do it regardless of you know the environment. I just have to find a way around it. I'm not gonna sit down, fold my hand and say, Well, this is the verdict, that's not my verdict. My point is, right, the people that we are looking at are real people. They are people, I mean, the Bible talks about, Bible talk about you know, uh, uh, the mother of, of, of Peter that was sick. Remember, the mother of Peter was sick and uh, it was uh, the mother of Peter or uh, Peter's uh, uh, mother-in-law, and and Jesus ministered to her, amen. and she she got healed, and she, in return, ministered back to them by cooking for them. You understand? Uh, My point this morning is God deals with real people, Real people with glaucoma, or real people with you know, with one problem or the other, real people with challenge, real people with issues, real people, people with financial things. Within all of these issues, within all of this, you're gonna find as we journey on, you're gonna see even the church. In this church that we say I've come to a day of maturity, still there were issues, there were challenges. God never discarded them. Amen. He 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 used them because you know he he wants to show the world that he uses real people you know god could have come down and solve our problem just like that you know just like that all right it could have just sent one angels you know it was jesus that said you know you know he said he said i could pray my father to send a legion and just deal with all of you guys but god doesn't work like that i, I like this you see god is very practical and he wants us, amen, to be practical with him. All right, this idea of re- the idea of religion—that well, if you're serving God, this is not going to happen to you. That should not happen to you. That is religion, and that is legalism, and that put people in in, in such pressure or put people in such position that you know they they, they can they, they feel that they cannot fail. God sometimes wants you to fail so you know that you are real. So you know that you're human, alright? Uh, so you know how to put your hope and your trust in Him, you see? I always say that working with God, serving God is like driving a car, alright? Of course, I'm not talking about this automated, you know, uh, 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 next 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 generation cars, alright, that can drive themselves, but the normal car that we we have, all right, all right, that is not programmed, you, you have to hold on to the steering. You have to keep your eyes, amen, on the road, amen. Your eyes must be sharp, all right. If you're gonna if you're gonna drive the car, you gotta go for an eye test, okay? They must make sure that you are not insane, they must make sure that you are sane. <laughs> Every part of your life must be, you know, aligned. Yes. You must drive the car. You are in charge of the car. You are in control of the car. All right. That's how it is. If you're going to follow God, following God is like driving on a track that He has laid down. When I was being tested yesterday, all right? I was looking into this machine, all right, that showed a long track. All right. And as the lady was adjusting, and, you know, the, the the track, you know, get, you know, either blurring or get, you know, sharp. I, of course, I don't know what she was, but she was doing all of that, you know. You have to follow. You, you have to follow that track. You have to hold on to that steering, all right? And that holding on to, first of all, the power comes from God. Secondly, amen. You have to maintain your focus, looking onto Jesus. The moment you take your eyes of him, you fall into your own carnal, you know, fleshy life. And that's what the enemy wants. Alright? So the, the, your will is to surrender, is to submit to the, the, the point, the direction that the Lord, amen, is pointing to. That's all you're called to do. Every other thing, he's gonna do it. Every other thing. You, you, you drive the car, but there are things that you cannot do regarding the car amen you're not the one making the engine of the car work amen the the technology the 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 technicality of how the engine work you don't know it but you just need to hold on to the steering amen and control your 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 clutch and your pedal you understand your gear how far you want to speed out you know far you want to go and all of that but the remaining order of the car you are not in control Amen. So we we've got to understand that we've got our own part to play, and God has His own, you know, part to play. I'm just bringing this concept, all right, in explaining that the Bible says in the church at Antioch there were prophets and there were teachers. These prophets and teachers are people, ordinary humans, <laughs> but humans that are organized. You see that in the, one of the key things in the Antioch church is. This church is an organized church. And this, organize, this organized church is not just about an organization. They are organized because there is order. They are organized because they recognize amen, structure. They recognize, you know, uh, uh, eldership. They, are, they they recognize position. They recognize rankings. They recognize office. Amen. Amen the prophet the, the 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 prophet amen is an office it's not just about a title when you say a prophet that's an office sometimes in fact today we've almost you know uh, you know misplace or misconstrued the the the, the, the name a prophet from prophetic we always everything today we talk about prophetic 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 but we are overflogging that 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 phrase prophetic to the point that we almost neglect the, the place and the function of a prophet. And the Bible never told, you know, really give us anything about the prophetic. We coined out that, that word out. The Bible talks about amen, the prophets. The function of a prophet should be prophetic. Alright, the function of a prophet should be prophetic. Meaning that, amen, the things that he, he does, amen, are strictly regulated. Strictly regulated, amen, by the heart of God. That's what the prophetic is, which, amen, is an extension of the life or the ministry of a prophet. Alright, of course, if a prophet then gives birth to children, give birth to ministry, the ministry becomes prophetic but you find people that have nothing to do with the prophet with a prophet they have no grace amen they they are not under the, the 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 governing grace or leadership of a prophet but they tell you that they are prophetic you ask yourself what is prophetic you think prophetic is you know at uh, the dance that we do we call it prophetic dancing you think prophetic is okay uh we've declared thou here the Lord or we you know all kinds of things that we are we, we've coined and we call it prophetic and sometimes I just I just laugh I say god help help the body of Christ to get to that order where we become prophetic we must have been trained tutored discipled amen, mentored by a true seizing prophet because like will got like yes everything are born after their like after their like if if you are under my spiritual uh, 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 oversight. There is no how you will not be prophetic because the way I will be relating and be dealing with you is prophetic. <laughs> like I always say, I may not come and be saying, thus see the Lord. In fact, I, I, I hardly say thus see the Lord, but you can be rest assured. That even my chatting with you, my relating with you, the things that I say and the things that I now say has a prophetic connotation because everything that, you know, uh, uh, that, that has to do with my life, amen, is branded, amen, to please God, to honor God and motive matters. Even the things that we know that we don't talk about it, amen, is being prophetic because it's not everything that the prophet knows, amen, that he speaks about. Yes, it's maturity. But the point is, all right, when you are under the influence, the Bible says, and there were prophets and teachers. So begin to imagine. I, I, I want you to begin to just put on your your, your uh, uh, imagination cap. Begin to imagine this Antioch church. Imagine sitting in the Antioch church where there were prophets Teachers, <laughs> just imagine this church. Just imagine, just imagine sitting in this ch- in the gathering of these people. No wonder God spoke. No wonder the power of God, the presence of God. The Bible says, "As they were, as they were, Amen. As they were, as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting." Powerful concept that that speaks into the the structure. Of this house of this company of people as they were worshipping God. You know what that means? As they were worshipping God, meaning that the the primate the, the the prime desire of this community, Amen, is to worship God. I was checking the book just uh, uh, this morning, and this man was saying, Amen. The church is sent to do th- four things. Alright, the first thing, Amen is to worship God, to live a life of worship, to minister to God. That's the first calling of of the church. The first calling of the church is to worship God. The second calling of the church, amen, is to minister to each other as the saints. The third calling of the church is to minister, amen, to the world, to society. That's the third calling. The fourth calling of the church, amen, is to deal with the works of darkness, to deal with the works of darkness, to deal with the works of darkness. If you read the beginning of the book of Acts, we've we've dealt with that. The Bible says, amen, uh, they, 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 they continue, amen, in the apostolic doctrine, all right? Yes, they continue in fellowship, in the apostolic doctrine, in prayer, amen. All of this order speaks to us, amen, about the formation, the building up. You see, when we don't continue, when we are not sitting, amen, when we are not developed, amen, in what is called the apostolic doctrine, that's why I told you by by Act 13, this church was already formed in the apostolic doctrine. This church was already established. What is the apostolic doctrine? The apostolic doctrine, amen. In summary, amen, is the is 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 the expression or the the full re- revelation of Christ in us. When Christ is formed in us, amen, that formation gives us insight into how, amen, to live life, to understand the things of God, to imp- interpret them, and to apply them to life. Doctrine is not just about the acquisition of knowledge or information. Doctrine is about, amen. Knowing how God will have us think, reason, amen, and apply our life, apply our mind, amen, to life. That's doctrine. Doctrine means that you have, you've been established, amen, in the philosophy. In the philosophy of a truth, that's doctrine. Doctrine means that you know, you know something. You are not just informed about it, alright, but you have you you have been indoctrinated. You 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 have been you you, you have come to understand the nitty gritty, the in and out of that subject, alright. But this time around, when it comes to you know biblical doctrine, it means that amen. Every. Area that the Lord will have you know regarding not just his word alone, but how to apply the word to life. Amen. You have been established on those things. That's biblical doctrine. Biblical doctrine, amen, is theology. But beyond theology, amen, is the theophany, is the revelation of Christ is the formation of Christ in us and because doctrine is translated to lifestyle. You've, you've heard me say that doctrine is translated. So doctrine is not going to get a PhD, you know, in theology. Doctrine is not just about, you know, uh, uh, you know having a doctorate degree. It's not just about, you know, having information about what the Bible says. Doctrine, amen, is about breaking the seal of God's word and getting to know the mind of God regarding what has been written. It is written. You see, the way Jesus conquered the devil, he said, it is written. You have to know what is written. And what is written is not just about what is You read as a letter. Remember, the letter kills. But you need the letter to enter into the spirit, amen, of truth. You need to be able to read to understand what God, amen, is saying. The word of God is when you read the scripture it may is good but if you stop in just reading that word can kill you because the letter kills jesus said to the pharisee you search the scripture that you and you don't know that the scripture speaks about me is explaining doctrine to them you think that searching the scripture that you find life We say no You've refused, to, you've refused to accept me. The scripture is speaking about me. Everything you read about the Bible that speaks about biblical doctrine is about a person. That person then teaches you, tells you how amen, to interpret what you have read in terms of application to life. A doctrine that cannot be applied to life is not, it's not a doctrine. and this is this is this is the reason why amen they said they were prophet prophet remember are about revelation Teachers are about the practicality of the revelation. I love this. This is the balance of the Antioch church. That's why, amen, I said, one of the reasons why we cannot model many of the things that we are reading in the Bible is because um, those things are patterned after the Jerusalem model. The church has not matured into the Antioch model. In the Antioch model, amen, core the heart the core of this church amen is prophetic in nature and amen and doctrinal hallelujah in 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 practice revelation and doctrine i love this beautiful word we can stop here today (laughs) amen revelation and doctrine These two go hand in hand but you will discover in most cases when people talk about doctrine they don't want to talk about revelation. When people talk about revelation they don't want to doctor, talk about doctrine because it's like in the world we live in today, within the concept of the church we are running today, doctrine and revelation don't meet. If you notice the people who talk about doc, who talk about doctrine doctrine, they hate they hate the idea of You know, God told me something. God showed me something. God revealed something. They don't like it. In fact, they tell you you're being spooky. They tell you, no, no. They say, but let's just go to the word. Let's go to, it's the word. Let's let's divide the word. Yes, it's good to go to the word. But guess what? God is still speaking. Yes, we have the written word, but God is still speaking through the written word. God speaks to us. Amen. God, God, God still unveil things to us. God still gives us revelation. We are still amen in the day of the unveiling of truth, unveiling of Christ. We have to find how to blend the two: doctrine and revelation. Alright? When, when you see many of the church that people are practicing. The idea of revelation—they are almost becoming like a Sangoma, you know what? Because they don't want you know truth doctrine to regulate. When you say that these things that you're doing, is there a biblical uh, 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 you know reference to these things that you guys are practicing? Is there biblical? Is, is there? And when you say biblical, they may say yes, but it's in the Bible. Okay, if it's in the Bible, the Bible says, "Out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established." Era. So you cannot establish a doctrine regarding anything except, Amen. It is done, Amen. It is, it is found in the Word of God three times, meaning that you find it, Amen, in the Old Testament and in the, in the in 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 the in the, in the book of Psalms. Era. You you find it, Amen, in the Law and the Prophets, and then you find it amen, in the law and the prophet and then you find it in the new testament that is what establishes a doctrine you cannot establish a doctrine just by picking one scripture all right and run with it and say but god 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 showed me this thing all right okay fine god showed you but let's see amen reference to that you see let's give me reference to that give me biblical reference to that show me amen people who you know, I've also received this kind of thing because God doesn't speak in isolation. God speaks in revelation. And the revelation of God is always confirmed, one, by the Holy Spirit, two, amen, by the Spirit, amen, of, 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 of leadership or eldership, amen. And of course, amen, through confirmation. Somebody may come to you and, you know, give you a confirmation. But when you do something based on you know, your own persuasion that this is what God has said. Sometimes you can hear God wrongly. Sometimes you can be persuaded that what you have heard or what you saw, amen, is the truth. But in fact, it's not God. Because we have an angel out there, amen, who masquerade himself as the angel of light. So when something comes to you as a light, amen, but has no confirmation in the revelation of truth, is darkness, And this is what people are doing today in building churches, in building churches. You see, people have built churches, amen, on vision, on something, you know, they heard, they were sleeping, they heard a the voice. Yes, I mean, there's that's, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But <coughs> that, 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 that revelation, that thing you saw must be scrutinized by the ministry of the teacher. Yes, this, the teacher is the one that does what? That rightly divide the word of truth. That rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, the teacher will go, amen, and pick, you know, Hebrews 4.12. Yes, what does Hebrews 4.12 say? Quickly, let's see if we can find that quickly. Th- this is interesting, right? I'm I'm showing us something here, so we are not deceived. Let's look at what Hebrews 12 says, yes. Because this is where, amen, the teacher hangs his, his, his ministry, all right? Is it? For the word of God is living and active. The word of God. Remember the word of God amen. Is revelation, but it's also a doctrine. Why is it a doctrine? Because it's written down. Revelation is what you receive, either by illumination, by vision, by dream. Okay. Yes. By by Confirmation. Somebody comes and speak to you. So a prophet comes, amen, and talk to you. Those are revelation, alright. But doctrine is what is written. Doctrine is documented. You understand? Doctrine is the establishment of God's counsel or order, alright. We we cannot build out of order, out of doctrine, amen. Yes, we're people of revelation, but revelation, amen, is regulated. Listen to this: revelation is regulated by doctrine, and doctrine is regulated by revelation. So somebody but this is this is this is what god is saying this is okay i agree with you but amen has god done that in the life of people before at their reference you see we have to probe even what we define to be true what we define to be dusty here. the law bible says one should prophesy two mm-hmm. you got it two should judge how do we judge if we don't have teachers <laughs> in the house how do we judge if we don't have teachers in the house this is good Let's hear what uh, uh, Hebrews, remember, people are still contemplating, maybe uh, if it's Paul or not, who wrote the book of Hebrew, I believe it's Paul, right? because you can see, if if you understand the writings of Paul, you will know that it's Paul that wrote the book of Hebrew, so I don't even argue that, but let's look at, Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is living. The word of God is active. In other words, it's a life. It's not, this thing is not just built around an organization. It's also an organism. All right, It's a life. This thing is a life. It's a life. It's living and Amen. Then it's sharper than two-edged sword. All right, it's living, it's alive. But then they say it's sharper uh, sword doesn't have life. A uh, sword, a sword is active. Sword is an instrument. But they say the word is living and alive. How can the word be living and alive? But it's a, it's like a, it's like a two-edged sword. Yes, you see where doctrine and revelation comes in. Because Revelation always deals with, amen, the heart, the, 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 the heart of God, the, the life part, amen, the, the desires of God, the heartbeat of God, that is Revelation, that is, that is, that is the prophet, alright, it deals with the, the living realities of God, amen, but, amen, the word of God is also alive, a life means is doctrinal. Amen. It's an instrument. You can use it. You can divide things with it. Okay. You can put things in the right place. Amen. Yes. The word of God is, is the word of God is living and active, sharper than any, any two edges. So it's sharp. It's sharp. It's sharp. That a, When a true teacher finished teaching you, you will repent by force, even if you don't want to repent. <laughs> because remember, the teacher is not teaching by his own mind. He's teaching because teaching is part of the ministry of Christ. He's the great rabbi. So don't look at uh, a teacher as if he's lesser than a prophet. <laughs> <Shandarabayamdo>. <laughs> uh, the problem we have in the church is that whenever we come to the point of teaching, you see people sleeping. But when somebody comes and says, I've got a revelation, hmm, we're so excited about a revelation. And the reason why we're excited about revelation, because revelation puts us in that place of imagination. But the teacher doesn't just want you to live in, in, a, in an imaginary realm. The teacher also wants to ask you, how practicable, how practical is this? How do you use this thing? <laughs> How do you use this thing this thing you say, yeah, how do you bring this thing down this thing that is dangling in the spirit realm, how do you bring it down? because at the end of the day, God's truth wants to impact human life. God's truth, you see, I can say, well uh, uh yeah, revelation, God God is going to heal my eye, yes, God is going to heal my eye and I refuse again, I'm not going to use the glasses again I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna you know live in the revelation and I forget that God also uses doctors. You see the balance we we can we can we can live in a place where we become you know uh-uh. are you guys fine all right love you guys bye bye. Okay. Love you. Yeah. bye samuel we've got to be able to understand the practicality of the two of, of, of the two world we live in we live in the spiritual world but we also live amen in the natural world we live in a world all right, that we can touch things we can feel things we can yeah that's real everything that I'm using here to communicate amen is real but guess what there's a spiritual back end. There's a spirit that, as I'm speaking, the, you know, the, the life of God can be transmitted into your space, such that you are healed, you are restored, amen. You're you are quickening, you are alive. So uh, let's let's not get to the point where we 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 live in two extremes. We want to live in the balance. We want to live in the core, and this is what, amen. The the Antioch Church, amen was doing, and this is why I said, amen, they highlighted, they were prophets, and they were teachers. The two must balance each other. The two must regulate each other, alright? And please, one of the things I want us to return back to, alright, in this season in time, is that amen, the church by default is prophetic. <clears throat> in other words, the church is designed and regulated by prophets. <clears throat> Excuse me. Alright? Yes. If we look at what we define to be prophets today, we will say, no, 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 (laughs) please. I don't want to go to a prophetic church. You understand? Because people who call themselves prophets have done more damage to the body of Christ. No, those were not prophets. Those were hirelings. And we need to continue to talk about these things. Excuse me, excuse me. Those were not prophets. Those were wolves in sheep clothing. And there are many of them. In fact, I can be bold to say that 80% of those who call themselves prophets today in the church, particularly, in fact, it's not reduced to Africa alone. But I know that many, 80%, even 85% of those who call themselves prophets in Africa are just, you know, Merchants. They're they there for, for, for the sake. You see, they can be gifted. You know, being being gifted does not necessarily make you a um, man called. <laughs> being gifted does not necessarily mean that you're called. Huh? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're called. Many have run with their gifts. The gifts, the gift is good. In fact, gifts are similar. I don't want to tell you that those prophets they don't prophesy or what whatever they say don't come to pass. No, no, no. Sometimes, most cases it comes to pass. But they the order, the value, the principle, amen. The they, the way they handle the things of God, amen, are done by their own mind. The, Jeremiah talked about prophets who. Who are prophesying from their own mind? Who are doing their own thing? And because the giftings of God are without repentance, so you know, uh, 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 you say, so God answers those prayer. No, it's not God. It's when God gives you a gift, He's giving you the gift. All right, gift must produce. God said to the, you know, to Moses, "I want you to speak to the rock." He didn't speak to the rock. He struck the rock, <clears throat> but water still came. But that doesn't mean that the man, Amen, is not under judgment. You get in the point. So we have to understand this balance. So we are not. So they 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 have to regulate the prophetic, amen, by emphasizing on the ministry of the teacher. The teacher must be there to look at uh uh-huh, what you have. Re- you see that's why I said to people because listen, friends, have you noticed that the prophet? You will notice that the prophet also was a teacher. Is a teacher. Because I said to people, don't call me prophet again. What am I doing? I was trying to disabuse the mind of God from how they look at the prophet. Because every time you say, "Oh, prophet," is like I must perform, and I'm not a performer. You must perform. You must give me a word. Oh, what are you seeing, prophet? What what's the Lord saying? You know, I remember we say, "A oh, prophet." What, what, what is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying, "Go read your Bible. Go align yourself." Because when you say prophet, there's this expectation, a false expectation. But is it what as a prophet, I mean, the church that I pastor was basically a point, a, 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 it was my laboratory of, of training, of building my prophetic gift. And of course, the people around, friends, I love that, and the community. But I thank God, amen, for my growing up because I've learned a lot, I've developed Right. in understanding the heart and that's why I've written you know a lot around the prophetic ministry and the prophets ministry we've got beautiful excellent material that are being used amen worldwide in in terms of those who are searching for truth look at the material I did you know on the book of acts acts you know uh, 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 the ministry the ministry the ministry of prophets you know as apostolic builders as apostolic builders, one of one of the most excellent material we have put out there that has helped a lot of people and is still helping people because this is my passion. The abuse of gift must be corrected. We've got to find how to balance. So let's quickly finish this. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The word of God is a sword, and is sharper than any two-edged. Sword, all right. So we know that the word of God, amen, is designed to do what? To judge, to bring judgment, to cut and to bring judgment. It penetrates, look at that, it penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit. I'm going to stop there. This is what the word of God does. So when we say the word of God is a sword, the word of God is the only instrument that can actually define to you the difference between the soul and the spirit. Not even, not even the best of the best of the scientists are able to define, amen, the dividing line between the soul and the spirit. And in fact, amen, the best of uh, 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 spiritual people, if they are not aligned and they have not been developed, amen, through the very revelation of Christ, if Christ has not been forming them, I tell you, there are operations that you would think is spiritual, but is soulish. Do you know how I know if people truly are sincere and they want to move, move on with God, how they deal with their soul? Anyone who has not come to brutally deal with the issues of his or her soul is not ready to grow spiritually. Every time you have the opportunity to handle, to deal with the issues of your soul and you relegate it, You change it, or you discard it, or you downplay it. It means, alright, that you are controlled, ruled, and regulated by a soulish life. The soul, listen, the soul still loves the things of God, just on his own terms. (laughs) The soul still desires, alright, yes, the ways of God, but just on his own terms. You can go, but don't go afar. Don't go all the way. That's the soul speaking. Is a tree that will make you wise. There's a fruit that will make you wise. You're still searching for wisdom, but you're searching for the wisdom, amen, in the wrong place. Even though you're in the garden, but your heart, amen, is searching for something else. There's a craving that you're longing for that is not speaking to the place of obedience and submission to the will of God. That's the soul. The soul is very emotional about the things of God. The soul will go to church and cry and weep. But the soul, immediately after the service, will go and do his own thing or thing. You have to be brutal. If if you really want to please God and serve God, you have to be brutal. Brutal with your soul. If you're not brutal with your soul, your soul will lead you to hell while you are singing praise God, hallelujah, in the church. You see, check the life of those who have journeyed with God. Ask them about their experience, how they got to that point and place of maturity. This book, uh, 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 Sister Tina, that I said you must send to Sister Priscilla, when I came across that book as a pastor, I made it mandatory for all my members to read it because it it helped me to reduce my work. Not like it's not like the things this lady was talking about in this book are new to me. They were they were they, they, they amplified all right the things that I've been talking about and they highlighted and confirmed the way the Lord has been dealing with me, amen, regarding the era because come on, the the issue of sin, and, and sin is not just limited to, you know, those highlighted things we call sin, sin is when our heart, amen, is no longer seeking God fully, that's sin, sin is when our heart is no longer pursuing, you see, David said, my heart yearns and thirsts after you, the moment your heart is not thirsty, it's not yearning, it's not pursuing God, sin locks at your door. That's what the Lord said. <laughs> they say, Cain, why is your face downcast? Why are you looking like this? They say, if you do what pleases God, Amen, will your offering not be accepted? Then they warned him. They say, hey, change your ways because sin is knocking at your door, seeking for an entrance. If you allow him, sin is going to enter. <laughs> sin is knocking at the door of your soul. Can you see how sin uses rejection, issues of rejection? Let me not even go into all of that now. But I'm only telling you, you see, the way you look at yourself, the way you look at your need, the way you look at your condition, the way you look at how, how you've been accepted or justified or rejected, all of those are open means. Sin never comes through what you hate. Have you noticed that? Sin never enters our life in through what we hate. Nobody gets to sin by hating what they, by you know, by taking what they hate. No, we always we always fall into sin by the things we love. <laughs> we fall into sin by the things we love. If I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna fall by something that my soul loves, craves for. So, if I don't know those things and brutally deal with it, I find every time I will get up and say, God, forgive me, I won't do it again. I will do it again because I still have a love for that thing. As long as you have a love for something that God says you should hate or that God says, amen, it's not good for you. As long as you have a love, even if it's just a teeny weeny, just a drop, just a drop of love for that thing, you're a goner. That's why that material, amen, you know, it's a beautiful because God gave this woman revelation. They they fought this woman, Liberty Server, They fought her back in the 80s when God began to open, you know, the revelation of, of Mark 16 to her. How to bind yourself to the will of God, but to bind your soul. You know, I've always looked at the scripture and said, but this way, this way we pray, this binding and losing prayer. Something is not, how can we be binding the devil? If you're binding the devil, you're tying the prop. you're tying that person to the devil. How are we supposed to be losing? So I used to preach about that and talk about that until this woman came and just, boom, expanded the thing. I said, Lord Jesus. So I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to do all this by myself. So I got the book. I began to share with my, in fact, b- back then we used to run a bookshop. So we bought a lot of the book, put it in our bookshop. I said, everybody must buy it. You must read it. And then I discovered she got more, th- other, other titles. Wow. It, listen, that is a key. Bible talks about the keys of the kingdom. That material, that woman, she's a key in the kingdom. Just like the Bible says there were prophets and teachers. You see, any church that does not have certain grace and giftings that will unlock truth to us, that will free us, it's not a complete church. We're not building a church. That's why the Bible says, give gift to men. Gift, amen, are carried by people. Can we recognize the gift? I can tell you certain gift that God has released to our generation. Through the instrument of people, men and women, alright. If you don't recognize them, if you don't, if you have not come in contact with those material, I mean, I'm a gift to my generation. There, uh, you may look at me and just you know, you know, walk past me because I don't look like a gift. (laughs) I'm just me, Isaiah. You know, I'm just me, ordinary me. What do I know? But guess what? The things God has given to me, my God. If you touch those things, they will set you free. If you practice them, why? Because those things have worked for me and have worked for many people. It's not, you know... All the drama and all the funfair that we think no, the gift is not in the suit. The gift is not in the in your uh, 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 what do you call it crocodile uh, you know skin shoe. It's not in your Rolex to watch. No, the gift is not in the chain on your neck. The, the the gift is not in how big your church is. The best whatever you're using. No, no, gift are carried by you know earthen vessel. Earthen vessel. Earthen vessel <laughs> that the excellency may be of him and not of us, so that no man can boast he choose the, the things that are rejected by men, amen, to hide his grace and giftings Jesus was born in a manger, there's a reason for that we've got to track these things so we're not confused, we're not running after things that are not there When a man has journeyed with God, you will see through his or her lifestyle. You will see that thing. You will see, amen. You will pick it. It's not noise. It's not, you know, blowing, you know, air. You know, it's not semantics. It's not how many times you call apostolic. How many times you talk about prophetic. It's not how many times you talk about dimension. It's not how many times you speak about ascension. Or you mention reformation. Uh -uh. It's not in the language. It's not in the lingua. It's the life. It's the life. Let's touch life. There were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called Ninja. They said these guys from Africa. Lucius of Cyrene. Many who had been brought up by what? By Herod, uh, by Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, what did Bible call even Saul? I was thinking about that yesterday. What the Bible? What did the Bible first call? This is the first time, brother, brother Paul or Saul, amen, was connected to a title. And what did they call him? They didn't call him apostle. They call him, amen, prophet or teacher. This gift, as this, this men that were highlighted, amen, showed their grace. You see, you don't call people. You don't say uh, uh, they were they were prophets and teachers Simon uh, uh, Barnabas and Lucius and you, you, if they are not if if this gift are not prominent in their life you see all of these people amen are apostolic they are all sent they've all been sent to Antioch <laughs> but the prominence of their gifting eh, is highlighted by the prophetic ministry and the ministry of the teacher. Because this too, amen, hangs on how we understand Christ. If you you talk about Christ just from revelation, revelation, and there is no doctrinal understanding, you may end up like the Church of the Latter-day Saints. You may end up like, you know, uh, uh, um, that's the Church of Mormons. Yes. You may end up like, you know, the Jehovah Witness. Come on. You may end up like, you know, the ZCCs of this world. They are all churches. They all claim to be following Jesus. <laughs> yes. You may end up like Redeemed Christian Church of God. You may end up like, amen, Winner's Chapel. Yes. You say, why are you mentioning this name? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remove uh, the veil. Because all these churches, amen, they all call Jesus. In fact, before the cough, <coughs> Jesus. They all pray in the name of Jesus. But when you study, amen, the, the doctrine that defines their teachings, you discover that Christ is not there. There are many, many, many big ministry and also small ministry. You, small ministry, who wants to start their own? You know, whose ministry is built on gifts and anointing and the prophetic, amen, and, you know, prophetic dancing. <laughs> yes, yes. And you see people manifesting by demonic, by demonic spirit and they tell you it's prophetic dancing. God help the church. May God open our eyes of understanding. People who are not under, you know, spiritual authority, who refuse spiritual, you know, grace, who refuse spiritual administration, but they tell you God has called them and they're doing their own thing. They're creating more harm to the body of Christ. Yes, the Lord called people and send them. But we see the pattern. The Lord called people, amen. God called people individually, but he sent them from the community of the church as they were worshiping God, amen, and fasting, the Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. You see, even if they quarrel, amen, from that order, they quickly know how to settle it. Yes, there, there will still be quarrel. There will still be issues. There will still be um, uh, disagreement. Yes, because they are human beings. All right? uh, any human being that tells you that, uh, I, I once heard a bishop, you know, years ago, he was preaching. He said, since, since, since I got married to my wife, I've never for one day, we have never had, for, had a quarrel for one day. I said, is either both of you a ghost or you're lying to yourself? That's a lie. And we discover today that he's a, he was lying. Not only was he lying; he's even a bigger liar. Even though he's got four jets, and he's got a big ministry, he's got a university, but he's a liar. He's not only lying to God, but he's also lying to the state because the money that he made, Amen, he's going to hide it somewhere. He's one of those that was discovered, you know, from the Pandora, you know, uh, uh, box discovery. Yes. We have them all around like that. Why would you make such a statement? So that people who are still developing in their marriage and they're having issues, uh, will think that you're God. That is what religion and hypocrisy is all about. I was there. I heard this man. I just walked out. I said, no, this is not for real. So we have to understand what the Lord is doing in our day, what the Spirit of God is emphasizing. Friends, I'm going to round up here. But I I hope I pray this morning that the things that we've highlighted, that they resonate with your heart, that you at least have come to a point where you can begin to see the importance of what we are saying. Because when we talk about the church of art, we're not just talking about building, you know, a a, a church. Remember, the church starts with a person. The church is us. Right, And if the Lord has an assignment for one or two people, he has a way of bringing them together. It's the Lord that joins people together. When people begin to come together, amen, the church has always been in the house. The church will never leave the house. The church is not about, amen, place. Great things have been done from houses. All of this church that we are reading about, amen, this church is, where from people's house. <laughs> the, you, you, you never see where the Lord emphasized on their building. No, it's about the church are people. The gift and grace are people. You can take that grace and give to a restaurant. You can take it to an hotel. You can take it to wherever. Amen. It will still function. Why? Because the grace are housed by people, not by a system. (laughs) The system of this world will never be able to house the things of God. When we build things, we build them just to better enhance our fellowship, our, our interaction. That's it. That's what the building is for. That's why, amen, I want to have an office, all right, a studio, so that I can better do what I need to do, all right? And if we have, a, a, you know, an infrastructure, you know, a place, a facility where we're able to, you know, do the things that we want to do, I mean, it's just a facility, but that's not the church. The church is people. It's housed by people. It's carried by people because the church, amen, is the point where the things of God Amen. flow into the nations, flow into society. Thank you so very much, uh, my dear sister, uh, Tina, sister Priscilla, and anyone out there that has joined us this morning to, you know, to be part of this broadcast. I hope that I've been able to minister to you, even though some of the things that I've said, you may not agree with it, but that doesn't mean that they are not true. Go back, make your findings, all right? And uh, you can chat with me if you want to. But thank you so very much this morning for joining me. Please continue to, to pray for me. Continue to pray for me, for my family. I believe God for great things. I know God, amen, is up to something. Please, I beg of you, continue to pray for my office. It's been you know stagnant for a while, the, the building. Uh, but we want to continue. We want to be able to finish by you know, at least finish the structure, the exterior Maybe then by January, we'll start with the interior. So please continue to pray for me. Thank you so much, Sister Tina. I really appreciate you. Thank you. God bless you, everyone out there. God bless you. Thank you. Please continue to pray and continue to ask the Lord to provide. Amen. You know, thank you for prov- pro- providing, for s- sustaining in one way or the other. But we need, uh, we need finance to really push this work. I mean, if we have the finances, it would have been done, it would have been finished. But of course, we don't put pressure on people, and I don't intend to. Not now, right? But as the Lord guides you and leads you, if the Lord blesses you. Why don't you think about being a blessing, all right, to, to, to me and to this assignment so we can continue. By the way, two days ago, two, three days ago, we hit 8,000 plus on our you know, a, a podcast, you know, platform, 8,000 plus people that have either listened or download our material. I'm, I'm going to do a screenshot. In fact, I already did, did, did a screenshot. I'm going to post it on my Facebook. I am so excited when I saw this. And people are just getting blessed. And this is not just from, you know, Africa, across the globe. In fact, now we have more people following us from America. And I want to thank everybody because I know you'll be listening to this. Of course, uh, we, 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 we're speaking to real people. So, Thank you for, for, you know, for downloading, for listening to these things that we're talking about. I'm speaking to you, you know, particularly those of you who listen to our podcast, you know, platform, you know, on Anchor or other platforms on, uh, you know, um, itunes podcast right, or maybe uh, uh google podcast what, whatever platform right that you're able to listen uh to our you know our broadcast i want to really appreciate you i know some of the things that we are saying may be very challenging but they are the truth you can you can search it out you can find it out all right the bible says we you know it's the truth that set us free we shall know the truth and the truth will set us free this ministry is about preaching and declaring the truth all right we're, we're not you know about any other thing no we don't seek to be any other thing but that to preach the truth to declare the truth and we will continue you will always amen be assured that when you turn, turn to this channel that you hear the truth that you have the truth God bless you. Thank you so very much. May God continue to lift every one of you up. All right. And please pray for us. Wherever you'll be listening from, all right, from America to Europe, please continue to pray for us. May God continue to lift you up. May God continue to cause his good face to shine upon you. May he bless you. May he restore you. May he grant you peace and joy. God bless you. Really appreciate everyone. God bless you. See you again by God's grace. Hopefully later today or tomorrow. Please continue to pray for South Africa. The light has been so terrible. The electricity has been irrational. It's like you've got two hours, then the, 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 another two hours you don't have electricity. But I don't know how business people are able to cope but we want to pray that God will do something, divine intervention in regards to uh, ESCOM, the, the power you know, utility uh, company of South Africa. We pray for great things over this nation and, of course, over the continent of Africa and ac- across the world. We believe in God to continue to move, amen, in the nation. He's moving. And part of what we're doing, of course, amen, is to see that that move is done in accordance to, amen, the framework of biblical truth. So once again, I love you all. Thank you. Really appreciate every one of you. Have yourself a blessed, wonderful morning. And if you're joining us maybe in the afternoon or evening, well, have yourself amen a good one. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bye-bye.